This is the Cancer Radio Network. Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. It's a preventable disease in 95% of cases. And so if it's preventable, then people need to know that. And so that's, you know, again, sparking conversation. And I think that's what made this different than other cancers is that it's very preventable. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, offering stories of information, inspiration, and hope to those affected by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 79 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I am excited. I am recording this on Sunday evening, October 29th, and if you're tuning in, more than likely, if you're first listening to this, you're listening to this, uh, we're being released on Tuesday, October 31st, and I am traveling up to Cleveland, Ohio for the Colon Cancer Alliance Tomorrow Can't Wait Conference. I'm really excited. We will be podcasting from there, so keep an eye on the Colon Cancer Podcast dot com website better yet subscribe to the podcast all you need to do is just go to the colon cancer podcast.com forward slash subscribe and it'll give you all the links there on how you can subscribe through your iphone through apple podcasts through android through uh, however you consume your podcasts and this way you'll be sure not to miss any episodes In addition, the Colon Cancer Alliance will be broadcasting uh, the sessions live, I believe, through Facebook Live. So keep an eye on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. And this will help you stay up to date on what's happening at the Colon Cancer Conference, especially for those friends of ours who are unable to attend. Also, don't forget, it's hard to miss this because there's been... Uh, uh, published, uh, this has been publicized everywhere and anywhere, that the Colon Cancer Alliance will be making a big announcement of some exciting changes to the organization. And this will be announced live from the conference. There was, uh, actually it's going to be announced live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is where the Wednesday evening uh, event is taking place, Wednesday, November 1st. So be sure to tune in just keep an eye on the Colon Cancer Alliance website. This will be a live broadcast. Uh, you don't want to miss it at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time, live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Our CEO, Michael Sapienza, will making it, be making a very exciting announcement of some exciting changes to the Colon Cancer Alliance, and you want to be sure not to miss that. If you have an ostomy or are undergoing chemotherapy, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS can help. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. 
If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com sample and they'll ship one out to you. No strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the code CCPOD, you will get 10% off your first order. Just real quick, we've got a couple of undie run walks left to round out and close out 2017 coming up on Saturday, November 4th. The Undie Run Walk will be taking place in Phoenix, Arizona. And the following Saturday, November the 11th, the final stop for 2017 will be in Dallas, Texas. And then we'll be taking the rest of the year off until February where the first stop, as it is every year, in 2018, the first Saturday of February, will be in my hometown of Tampa, Florida. Hope to see you out at any of those events. For more information on the Undie Run Walk events, visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. My guest this week is Dr. Andrew Albert. Dr. Albert is a board-certified gastroenterologist working in downtown Chicago at Chicago Gastro. And Dr. Albert actually reached out to me via Twitter because he had a, a seminal moment, just a real aha moment that uh, prompted him to do something very different to help raise awareness about the importance of screening for colorectal cancer. I'll let him share the rest of this story during our interview. So join me now for my conversation with Dr. Andrew Albert. Albert, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is really more, uh, this is more on you. Uh, by memory serves, you connected, we found each other on Twitter and you reached out to me and said you had a story to tell and you couldn't wait to share it. And uh, we chatted briefly and I said, let's do it. Let's get you on the show. So uh, just uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your practice, where you practice, and we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, I've been in a uh, private practice probably for about, uh, oh, about 11 years now. Um, uh, after a number of years, I, uh, decided to get more involved in my practice of gastroenterology here in Chicago, although I will put in the plug that I'm a New York native. Um, and I, uh, I, uh, became medical director of digestive health at Advocate Illinois Masonic Medical Center here in, uh, downtown Chicago. <clears throat> and as I got to be, um, more invested and more involved in, in uh, you know, what was going on with uh, the focus of our, of our program, uh, colon cancer became uh, uh, our area of focus. Um, it, it was interesting because uh, uh, a few years ago, um, you know, we saw a need to, to help get patients into the clinic um, as there was just a, a very um, uh, uh, sort of uh, um, uh, there was basically a lack of, uh, of infrastructure around colon cancer screening, more that patients would go in, get their colonoscopy upon their, their uh, decision and their, their, their go-getativeness. And, and so basically we built a program to facilitate patients coming in uh, to get their colonoscopies from clinics around the entire Chicago area. Um, as a result of that, um, we, uh, we uh, were highlighted as the grand prize winners of the 80% by 2018 Achievement Award and since that time, we've just focused pretty much our efforts. In addition to bread and butter gastroenterology, we focused our efforts on 
helping the entire advocate system uh, reach the 80% by 2018 goal. And we're still going because, uh, you know, we're not at the end of 2018 yet. But, but as time has gone on, as we've grown our program in digestive health at Illinois Masonic, um, we've taken on bigger, uh, bigger goals, and uh, that is certainly one of them. So throughout all this work, there was a seminal moment for you that uh, you shared with me that uh, inspired you to do a little something that uh, we don't see most doctors do. Tell us about that. <laughs> sure, I'm happy to. I, uh, so, um, you know, as doctors, um, as, as uh, hospitals, as health systems, uh, we do everything we can to uh, steer patients in the right direction. Um, most of the time, those patients are patients who are engaged and dedicated and, and want to, to get to the, the bottom of every, uh, you know, health goal that they can reach. But there are a lot of patients that, unfortunately, even with uh, the, the best of knowledge of their doctors, they don't make it into the clinic. They don't make it into the GI lab. And so we're losing the battle um, against colon cancer. So uh, about now, it's probably about six or eight weeks ago, um, I had lost a patient to colon cancer who certainly um, uh, was overdue for her colonoscopy by a number of years. And uh, it was a case that could have been completely prevented through a colonoscopy, 100%, um, which, was, which saddened me and upset me and, and frustrated me. And that same day, I was in clinic and a woman came into the clinic and had a CAT scan that incidentally showed uh, a mass in her colon. She was 53. And I said to her, did you ever have a colonoscopy? And her answer was, what is a colonoscopy? And so imagine, imagine how I felt when I felt completely powerless. So here we built this direct access screening colonoscopy program at the hospital and all the clinics are involved in the hospital and the system are involved. And yet patients still don't know that they need to get screened. And I get questions like, you know, do only men get colonoscopy? And I get questions like, I have no family history. Do I need a colonoscopy? And so I basically just reached a point where I needed to do something. And so I tend to ride to a clinic downtown uh, one day a week. And I was heading home at five o'clock on a Friday, feeling very defeated. And so I took a file folder out of the cabinet. I took some clips and I wrote on the back uh, a, a sign on my back. And it said, lost a patient to colon cancer, uh, should never have happened, get a colonoscopy. And I biked through the entire city of Chicago for 45 minutes all the way home uh, through a traffic-ridden street called Halstead Street so that as many people as possible would see the sign, uh, sort of pun intended. And, um, and it was amazing how many people stopped me and asked me questions about it and, and how much awareness there was. Some people felt a little uncomfortable because I was taking the message into their comfort zone. I was bringing the message to them. And that was very different because doctors usually talk to you in the office. They don't bring a sign to you. And so I was, I was, I was just, I did it because I just felt like I needed to do something and I didn't know what to do to get the message out that everyone is affected by colon cancer or at least risk, uh, at risk for colon cancer. And one in 20 people getting colon cancer is extremely significant. And so I, so that's what I did. I put the sign on my back. I rode through Chicago and, uh, and then people noticed it and somebody called the news agency and CBS too. And all of a sudden then CBS is at my office. So the, 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 the real reason to do it was to get people talking about it. That's really what this is about, right? Nobody wants to talk about the colon or bowel habits. And, and it's time to talk about those things 
because that's the only way to save lives. And, um, you know, I mean, of course, there are other ways, but really the conversation has to start. And so that's that's what had happened uh, a couple weeks back. I like to say, you know, don't let embarrassment kill you. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's just so true. I mean, we've gotten to a point in our society now where women and even men can go to a breast cancer walk with pink bras over, you know, uh, you know, over their clothes and not be embarrassed, but we haven't quite gotten there when we're talking about the, the other end of the body. Right. Uh, right. So, uh, why doctors, gastroenterologists, unfortunately, uh, have patients that die all the time. Why, what, what pushed your button that you wanted to go a different route than most doctors would and do something a little, a little silly, if you will, to raise awareness. Because I think, I think, um, it's, it's time to think of out of the box ideas. And I think that the conventional methods of educating patients on colon cancer are, are not working. And so I, it was, it was the only thing I could think of to get this, the message out there, um, in a place where people, would, would have to be receptive to it. They'd have to see the sign and they'd have to be intrigued. Um, so I, I, think, I think doctors get frustrated losing patients, but I think it's so commonplace to say, oh, another colon cancer. Oh, another colon cancer. And oh, that's sad. And, and, and I feel like we could do better. And I feel like we need, I actually think we need to do better. Um, and so, I, you know, I, my idea was just because I literally was biking home, I, you know, I, I was trying to think of a way to message people and uh I, I think i think i'm open i mean i'm open to any creative ideas people may have but i think that um one in 20 is is, is one in 22 too large and i think that uh um if it's a preventable disease i mean i think that's honestly what i'm getting at is that it's a preventable disease in 95 percent of cases and so if it's preventable then people need to know that and so that's, you know, again, sparking conversation. And I think that's what made this different than other cancers is that it's very preventable. And, uh, and I don't know that people realize. So, Have you worn the sign since? So I've worn the sign countless times. I've worn the sign on century bike rides throughout Indiana and Michigan. I, I wore my sign uh, to clinic uh, every week since the day I started. Uh, what has happened since then is that People have put on signs on their back across the globe. So people in Bahrain, uh, Japan, uh, I'm trying to think of all the countries, there are so many, uh, saw the sign and they, they put the sign on their back and then they tweeted this, the picture uh, to show support of the movement, which is called uh, Back Off Colon Cancer, hashtag Back Off Colon Cancer. And what it is, is it's just, it's pretty much an awareness campaign to, to make people aware intrigued and ask the question, what is that? Or why is he doing that? And because the more people that ask, the more the conversation will, will move further. But what's more interesting is not just the people that wore the signs, it's the people that didn't wear the signs, but come up to me and say, you know, I really appreciate that because I lost my mother or I lost my brother, or I have uh, two sons that won't get colonoscopies and I had cancer. So it's amazing to me how many people are, are affected by it in some way. But you would know walking down the street how many of your colleagues and friends and family members, extended family members, have gone through it. And so uh, that's been really enlightening. 
Speaking of colleagues, and I may be treading in sensitive waters here, so let me know if I am, but is there something you wish your colleagues, and I don't mean in your office, I'm saying in the medical community, gastroenterologists, that you wish they would do differently? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, I, I feel no, no, uh, needs. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not worried about, uh, uh, about my colleagues in terms of, uh, um, giving feedback. The truth of the matter is, is that we are up to our, the top of our head in colonoscopy. And so I guess the only thing I would ask is that people consider doing alternative methods. So spit testing or, um, uh, stool-based testing is an option. And one thing that, that we've been able to do is use some of our mid-level providers to reach out to patients to test them. So if they're not going to have a colonoscopy, which is the gold standard, then perhaps they'll do a stool test instead. And maybe taking that further, my dream would be to go out to areas where people don't have access and to give them stool-based tests. That would be one of the most amazing things if everybody were on board to help provide stool testing kits to people who otherwise wouldn't have the means for a procedure, at least to flag them early with regard to colon cancer. So I, I don't really have any criticism. My, my colleagues work really hard and, and I appreciate the question. It's a great question. I think honestly, the best thing we could do is expand beyond our GI labs and maybe target people who don't have access to care because that's what, that's what our dream is, is to, is to test everyone and prevent it when we can. So. I interviewed a gastroenterologist uh, several months back uh, from Ohio, Dr. Franjo Vladek, and we were talking about Cologuard. And uh, the quote that he mentioned to me, and for our listeners, if you want to go back and hear that episode, it was episode 51 at the coloncancerpodcast.com forward slash 051. And what Dr. Vladek said was, the best screening test is the one I can get someone to take. And it sounded so simple, but it made all, all the sense in the world. I mean, that that's a true statement. I mean, I think everyone thinks that, or most people think that colonoscopy is the only option and they don't want to drink the prep. And it, it's ironic because there are other options and perhaps maybe the slightest uh, suggestion I can make to my colleagues is maybe um, suggesting an alternative of patients say no. Because usually when patients say no, they leave the office and then they move on and go back to their primaries. And so... Any test, any test for colon cancer is a good test. And that's a great quote. I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, the last episode, episode 78, I interviewed Eddie Lee, who helped our, helped our audience talk about how to talk to their physicians. What are some of the questions that you wished you were asked more often by people in your, that come to see you? You mean patients who are engaged to get a screening? Yes. Um, I would I would want them to ask me, um, what's the worst part of the procedure? Because that's always unanimously the same answer, and that is the prep. I want them to ask me um, what the guidelines are for those who have family history of colon cancer. Um, I'd like them to ask me, am I genetically predisposed, and how can I get checked for things like Lynch syndrome if I have a family history of, of all kinds of other cancers? Um, so I, I, but you know, when patients come in, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, they're usually there because they've already accepted that they're going to have a screening test. 
So it's not really so much that I have to convince them because they're there. It's more the question of how do you reach out to those who aren't there? And that's really that's really the biggest challenge. And that's where having those questions answered outside the office would be so much more effective um, than inside. What is your what, what's your vision? What do you short term, long term in terms of uh, the awareness that you're doing, the the incredible work that you're doing to get to eighty uh, percent by twenty eighteen. But what's your short term and long term uh, dream as it relates to this? My short term goal is that is that people um, talk about colon cancer and realize that it affects them. That that they are that everyone is at risk for colon cancer if they have a colon, and uh, that's the short term goal. That's the awareness piece and the the you know the 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 pre contemplation of what you know what should I do to to prevent this piece. The long term goal is screening every single person at least once. Um, everyone. I mean, it it it's almost like if people were screened just one time and they realized that it wasn't as big of a deal, whether it was a colonoscopy or a stool test. Just having that first screening would, would, would identify so many people. And so my long-term goal is to screen everyone, everyone that needs to be screened. And then, you know, ultimately address the, the, the need of how to remove a polyp if someone doesn't have access. I mean, those are easier things to address. Um, and I, I, I have to be honest with you, at the marathon, and maybe this is a conversation that you might, I don't know if you want to go into this further, but... As I was at the marathon, Chicago Marathon a couple weeks ago, all the all the T-shirts say "Running for Dad Died of Colon Cancer" or the American Cancer Society jerseys, which are they're wonderful. These are wonderful organizations, but there's nothing about prevention. There's all the, the pharma companies with their labels, and we can offer you these wonderful medications, and it makes me incredibly sad because there's there's not enough prevention. And there's not enough talk about how to screen people. And so I guarantee if I told you you were going to have colon cancer and that, um, you know, you could um, have a, a test to prevent it, you'd do it. My goal is, is the awareness piece, but also the actionable piece of actually screening people because this is a preventable disease. And, and as doctors, you can only do so much. And so how do you get to the people out there that just don't know? Um, because the people on this 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 show they they understand and they get it and it's wonderful, um, so it's uh, so that's you know that's where we're at. Gotcha. Well, I I appreciate you reaching out uh, to to share your incredible message and and thank you for all that you're doing. Uh, I'm inspired. Uh, I'm coming up on seven years since I was first diagnosed, and uh, and I know that uh, the folks that listen to this show they're going to be inspired by your story too. Where can people find you online? I know you're 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 out there uh, several places. Where can we find you? So I, I welcome any and all input and feedback, of course. Um, my Twitter handle is at Dr. Andrew Albert. Um, and I also have a Facebook page with hashtag back off colon cancer. Um, you know, I, 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 I love engagement. I'd love the help. I'd love people to wear signs and, and show their support of the movement and just heighten awareness with me um, and whatever they, can, whatever they can do. So they can find me on Twitter or Facebook. Um, 
those are the two best places. Great. So I'm going to ask the audience, uh, let's see if we can flood Dr. Albert's Twitter feed again. That's at Dr. Andrew Albert with photos uh, supporting his mission of 80% by 2018. So I'll leave it to our listeners' creativity on how they want to do that. But I'd love to see a whole bunch of people tweeting uh, photos at, at you. I mean, if you can get to Bahrain and, and Tokyo, who knows what we can do, right? <laughs> so, Agreed. yeah, yeah. Dr. Albert, thank you again. Have a good evening. You as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast, and thank you to our sponsor, H2ORS. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud sponsor of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at the colon cancer podcast.com. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone. <laughs>